lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre is here with me, as well as Todd Erzin. It's going to be one of those days, Aaron, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. I cannot even. I cannot even. I even tried to talk like really slow. Yeah, I, I did everything I could. I, so I, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to do to you what you do to me all the time. If I make a boo boo, you make sure it gets exposed right away. Right. I was actually trying to cover for you. This I relationship that. is supposed to actually work the other way around, where you cover for me. Oh but, man. But again, I believe in servant leadership, <laughs> so I attempted to cover for you, slowly talking. Yeah. All right. So. It happens every day, every now and then. Sometimes the gremlins come out. Sometimes, you know, I want to take the computer out and use it for target practice. Sometimes it's the board. You know, it's just you know we can we can get happens. They they still sell computers. We can get new things. You know that, right? So you're endorsing this. You've heard me tell him this before, Todd, haven't you? Let's pass the sharing ball, shall we? How many times have you heard me tell him? Hey, anytime you need something, just send me an email. Let me know. Back me up on this. I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't know what we need. I'm not. I'm not I'm a the very. Ch- I'm a very benevolent boss. I promise. If you tell me what you need, I will contact the Blaze yeah. to have See, them pay for it. I promise you. I'm, I'm not, willing to do I'm that. I'm clearly the, not okay? the Chekhov the, of this show. The, I have no capacity <laughs> to step is, in on this. I do something. It seems to fix it for a while, and then all of a sudden, uh, 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 See, you at know, the top of the show. Now, now we get. Now we get to what's really going on here, all right? This is classic dude code stuff, okay? He is bound and determined to work around this, to figure it out on his own, MacGyver to fix it, it on his... Yes, all right? See, it's Rather working than now. Just, just an instant replacement. It, it's, it's the pride thing. You get, I totally get it. Now like, that, I got to see it through now. I got to see it through now. Now I get it. I totally understand. Yeah, and by arrived. the way, respect, respect. 888 933 is the number. That's 888-933-93. But the offer still stands. Anything you need, yeah. I promise to have the Blaze pay for it. Yeah. Okay? Uh, Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Don't forget, you can also find clips of this show to sample or share at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Next hour, it will be Feedback Friday. But this hour, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was, and we welcome in our good friend, Rob Eno. Good to see you, brother. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. I thought you got one of those uh, small business loans from the SBA, and that's how you're going to pay for everything for Aaron. Well, why would I do that when I can just get uh, the Blaze to pay for it, right? <laughs> you know. is, I'm sorry. Is this on? I'm sorry. <laughs> is this on? Is this, is this, is us, this live? Is this us starting our change.org campaign for a computer? Uh, is this what we're doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Crowdfund it? Indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's get to issue one. Bleep Democrats say. just say really quickly um, about them opening things. You know, they opened the beauty salons and the barbershops and the bowling alleys and the movie theaters. When they start opening up the country clubs and the tanning spas, then I'm going to go to 
that's first. Uh, because they just open it up things that black people go to because they know we've got the checks and they want us to spend them. They don't care about our safety. That's why when they start to open up things they go to, then I'll understand it's time for them to start to open up some things for us. Uh, so rather than spending time talking about the president saying we should inject uh, Lysol in our lungs, uh, and he makes a big fuss about my having ice cream in my freezer. That's his latest today, his most current today. <laughs> she has Lysol in her freezer. Uh, I guess he's rather have, uh, I have ice cream in my freezer. I guess that's better than having Lysol in somebody's lungs. President loses more Americans over the course of six weeks and died in the entirety of the Vietnam War. Does he deserve to be reelected? We knew we had to answer the question to the senators. Okay, essentially, House managers, you proved him guilty. Does he really need to be removed? After all, we have an election in nine months. How much damage could he really do? There are 50,000 Americans now who are dead uh, in significant part because of his incompetence. There's a concern that this could be a fresh source of outbreak and that there could actually be a disaster for incarcerated people um, because of this virus. Is anything being uh, considered for the next bill to deal with that? Well, in our, uh, in our caucus, uh, we are very devoted to the Gospel of Matthew. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was homeless, you sheltered me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And so this for us is a part of our value system. There have been moments, I think for many of us, all of us, when we have heard about accusations against someone that we find ourselves desperately wanting not to believe. The part of the difficult lesson of the Me Too era is not that every accusation is true and everything should be believed on its face, but that you do have to fight yourself when you feel that impulse. I have complete respect for the whole Me Too movement. I have four daughters and one son. And uh, there's a lot of excitement around the idea that women will be heard and be listened to. There is also due process. And uh, the fact that Joe Biden is Joe Biden. If in fact, for example, we solve the problem in the United States of America and you don't solve it other parts of the world, you know what's gonna happen. We're gonna have, you're gonna have travel bans. You're gonna not be able to do, have, have economic intercourse around the world. Which actor would you want to play you? Um, here are some suggestions that I've heard. Ben Stiller, Brad Pitt, which one? <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt, of course. Your favorite total depravity May Day basket this week was what? Rob Eno, you get to go first. Go ahead, sir. I have to choose one of those. Huh? There's so many to choose from. Um, I, I think it, just they're all ridiculous. The, the big one was the um, you lost um, you lost more lives than you lost in Vietnam should you get to be reelected. I just did some quick math while we were sitting here. I don't know if you guys know, but on an average day in the United States, 7,500 people die every year, have for the past 10 years. So that's 315,000 people. I can't believe that on Barack Obama's watch um, for eight years, something like 150 times the number of people that have died in all wars since the start of history died on his watch um, or something like that. I mean, it's such a the, the ridiculousness, which would, which would they throw away numbers, um, like they they mean something, and it's it's a way to get at the president or it's a way to get at somebody else. And the other one was the the stupid um, Lysol thing. You know, he's Nancy Pelosi. He's going to inhale Lysol. Um, that 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 whole argument brought out uh, one of the best arguments from my friends. I don't know if you get it from your liberal friends or if you have liberal friends. Um, you may, you may not. But I, I got the when I went and looked on Google and found out that in fact there is 
a UV treatment for viruses um, that scientists have said that maybe it will work for the coronavirus, uh, that, that maybe that they'll try it. And then we find out three days later that, oh, in fact, there is a company that is trying it, which is probably where he got the information. I was told that I was just regurgitating right-wing talking points um, and that I didn't really believe it and that I don't know how to come up with something on my, my own. It's funny that the, the left does that because that's how they think. They get their talking points from you know, journalists and emails like that. So they think that everybody else does. It's, it's absolutely insane. Rob, how can you not see the correlation between LBJ directly ordering thousands of Americans to risk their lives and lose them thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles away in what the American people at the time thought was a questionable cause with Donald Trump attempting, albeit in ways I've not always agreed with, frankly, but Donald Trump attempting to get the American people out of the direct path of a virus that came here from thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles away. How can you not see the obvious correlation between those two causations, Rob? I guess because deep in my heart, I really just want old people to die, Steve. That can possibly, that, that's the only possible it, 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 explanation. Gonna, yes. Yeah. It has to be it. And I'm sure you were just as saddened as I was yesterday to learn LeBron James hates the elderly too by demanding the NBA not cancel its season and wanting it to return to play as soon as it is possibly safe and finish it out. Did you, were you as disappointed to learn that news as I was yesterday? As I was personally crushed. Todd, your favorite uh, May Day basket of total depravity this week. Well, I did have, and I'll let you take it over, the the, the Zoom talk of the black leaders or whoever that was. Yeah, I don't know who any of those people are except Kamala Harris, who yes. looked happy to be there at the beginning of that clip, and then in the last exactly. 20 seconds thought, this is the end of me right now. Yeah, I fully, my career is ending right now. Yeah. I fully expected her to go full Rand Paul up when he sat down for breakfast with uh, with Steve King. Oh, yeah. And the Dreamer During came the up Iowa to During the Iowa caucuses, and he, and he took off when the Dreamer came up to <laughs> confront Steve King. Rand just takes his breakfast and that's the stage left. I love that so much. <laughs> that's what I expected out of her. But no, my, my favorite is uh, Chris Hayes. Yeah, what he did there. And I haven't gone full journalism is magical and not at all broken on the show in a while, but I worked at the Des Moines Register for 12 years. I I was running in place at best, if not flat out uh, having a target on me and them trying to find a way to fire me because basically I kept trying to have that conversation with them over and over again and nothing more. Like, you guys understand what journalism is, don't you? This is what you're supposed to do. This is why people don't like you. I had measurable data to prove that. I just trying to tell Chris isn't isn't wrong in telling you what you are supposed to do, what you're supposed to check at the door. It's just like breathtaking that this is the moment he's choosing to do it, which just makes him all the more laughable uh, and hysterical. Jake Tapper's having his own version of that today. I mean, the mask is fulling coming off on that guy. Uh, so, the, yeah, the, the Chris Hayes, you know, attempt to go journalism 101. Like, wh where you been this whole time, Chris? You could have started at any time. Why now? Fascinating. Because they, they need a better nominee. That's why they're going to start right now. They need one that's... That's not on the dementia scale. That's why they're going to start right now.
Aaron. Uh, Dr. Fauci at the uh, at the very end, or President Fauci, I'm sorry. Uh, President Fauci is dead. Long live President Fauci. At the very end, he has now reached his own, I don't know, popularity, singularity, I guess, in being asked not about uh, how long we should lock down. I guess that's kind of old and passe or, you know, about whether or not we should be able to hook up on Tinder anymore or how long it's going to be until we get a vaccine. I guess all of those uh, all of those questions with the faulty premises uh, to begin with, those all those are old and passe. Now, we really need to know what uh, Dr. Fauci really thinks about who should portray him on uh, television or film. That's those are the important issues of these times, and uh, I dare say, I dare say, based on all of his appearances on cable news and, and news networks in general over the last uh, six, seven weeks now, I dare say that he he enjoys these questions very much. Meanwhile, there's a piece over at Newsweek talking about how he was all in favor of some of the risky practices of studying these viruses at the Wuhan lab. He's all been all in favor of that for almost the better part of the last decade, if not longer, and actually helped to uh, to, to fund the, the lab, the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So we won't ask about that, though, uh, will we? No, no, we won't. He's quite possibly the most overrated American figure of my lifetime. Can you tell me what he's been right about? anything give me give well, me anything he's been right about for the last for the last for, for the last five months tell me what he's been right about that, this virus is concerned and that is the essence of all idol worship none of it is worthy of the status you give it so and as frustrating as he is it's a total indictment of the rest of us whoever we be who wanted so badly from the beginning on the right and the left to touch the hem of his garment why did you need that so badly what does that say about you? I mean, he was out there promoting, I can't even pronounce it. It's this, it's this, it's the corporate, com- it's the Gilead drug. Yeah. It's essentially yeah. the corporate, com- it's the Redis corporate competitor. Thank you, Rob. It's essentially corporate, uh, ph- big pharma's competitor to hydroxychloroquine. That's essentially what it is. Uh, Except okay. it costs about 10,000 times more. It, yeah, they, the, the drug, the drug that will, yeah, the drug that will save us all costs a thousand dollars a dose. Yeah. That would, where the other one costs like less than a dollar a pill, I believe for the, for yeah. patients when it's given to them for malaria. So, so this is Big Pharma's answer to this, and he comes out promoting this, and I see it all even all over the conservative blogosphere. Hey, great news! In ten minutes, a peer-reviewed paper comes out and says, "Well, actually, we had, yeah, it, it did help some people, but like twenty-five of them died, or 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 were or, or, or were going to die if we didn't fix them because what this was going to do." Then you find out twenty percent of the people yep. that are promoting this uh, have uh, that were involved in it have or have interest no, financial interest in Gilead. Steve. The fun, yeah, I mean, it just I mean yeah. it's oh. just yeah, on the NIH. My favorite board, part yeah. about this, my favorite part about this is they come out with the leak thing. Remsvidir Gilead stock goes up. Then, like three days later, like, oh, maybe it doesn't work. So Remsvidir stock goes down so everybody can buy it. Right. And then this week, they're like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever again. So it goes back up. Right. I mean, you can just see it plainly in front of you. Yeah, I, 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 he's been wrong literally about everything. I can't think of anything he's been right about in, the, in five months. The, Not one thing. It goes back. It goes back five, more than five months, too, right? Wasn't he the guy that said that, you know, blood from AIDS patients should be safe? And that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's his other... Before the this... I went to high school, the kid I went to high school with died yeah. because of that. Yeah before, yeah, before this, his biggest claim to fame was those, dr- those drug ads you're seeing on TV. You take this one drug and it so diminishes the HIV virus that it's safe for you to have sex now and you won't test positive. That's him. That's his big thing. Other than that, great idol, though. Yeah. 
Exit question on a scale of one to 10, with one being as sleepy as Joe Biden was while Hillary Clinton was talking the other day, and 10 being as articulate as he was and calling for more economic intercourse. And I think we all agree we could use more of that. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 10. Rob. 10. Aaron. Nine. Aaron's getting soft. Issue two, reopening begins. Today, many states around the country begin to lift their lockdown restrictions and allow businesses to reopen. Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, Arizona, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Rhode Island, and Maine are easing or have recently eased at least some restrictions. South Dakota, Nebraska, and Utah are among the states that never had any sweeping lockdowns. Places like Michigan, where Governor Whitmer extended her state's lockdown, and California, where counties in the Bay Area plan to extend their lockdowns till the end of the month, still apparently see no end in sight for letting their citizens get their lives back. A couple of the more aggressive places for reopening are Georgia and Florida, whose governors have said basically the same thing. What is our biggest obstacle? Fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear sparked by constant doom and gloom and hysteria that has permeated our culture for the last six weeks. For example, we've seen a sudden drop in the number of people who are seeking medical care for heart problems and stroke symptoms. Not because these common ailments have all of a sudden disappeared, but because people are terrified of going to the hospital because of the coronavirus. Just today I got a text from a hospital CEO in the metro Atlanta area. They have 11 hospitals. They have 171 COVID patients today in 11 hospitals. That is down from 260 positive cases, which was their high. That was back on March the 31st. In the sports world, the NBA is in talks with Walt Disney World in Florida to use their property as a place to resume their season. NASCAR announced on Friday morning its season would resume starting May 17th without fans at South Carolina's Darlington Raceway and will have seven races over an 11-day period at two different tracks. Major League Baseball still has yet to release a plan, though its latest reported contingency plan has the sport returning with realigned divisions and a short schedule they're gonna make me watch nascar aren't they mm, uh, they it's might. another left turn uh, uh, they might they might <laughs> let's get to it let's you'll get... do soccer before that oh no oh Can't no they've done it at Watkins Glen, no. where there's like right and left turns i would be fascinated to see what happens if one guy keeps turning right while everybody else turns left <laughs> i would watch that for sure okay let's get to the first question of the opening phase of reopening around the country that's beginning in earnest as we speak, as Aaron noted. If it were an Eagles song, which Eagles song would it be and why? A, Life in the Fast Lane. B, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. Or C, Lion Eyes. Aaron, you get to go first. Uh, I, I am so skeptical right now. I really, I really don't want to do this, but I, I think it's yeah, overall. You yeah, you do. Overall, it's Lion Eyes. <laughs> it, it really is. A lot of those states... A lot of those states that I listed in the intro, like Idaho, there's still some really steep restrictions uh, put in place, but beginning uh, shortly, uh, they're at least allowing uh, churches to gather again, so I included them on the list because that I think that's kind of a big deal. Uh, but most states, most states still have some pretty draconian 
restrictions. But as we've noted multiple times on this show, once you start easing the lockdowns, it's going to have a snowball effect. The the, the uh, camel's nose under the tent, that, that type of effect. So I'm optimistic, but I'm still at lion eyes right now. I'm going to wait and give my answer here in a moment. But to Rob, you go ahead. Well, in places like Texas and in Georgia and things like that, it'll be peaceful, easy feeling as we saw. I don't know if you saw Leon Wolf at the Blaze yesterday. He showed that in Wisconsin, um, they had an election. People went to the election in, you know, socially distant more than they are at Walmart and their grocery store. And not more people got coronavirus. So I think that as we open up, we're going to see that the, the rates aren't going to go up dramatically. The hospitalizations aren't going to go up dramatically. Um, I think it's going to be peaceful, easy feeling. But that's not to say that other states like New York and Massachusetts and California aren't going to stay closed through 2024. Um, as you saw that blaring headline on the Drudge Report saying that we may have to practice this I, until I 2024. Didn't. I, I've not looked at a, 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 a headline on, the, on Drudge's website since he became Mitt Drudge eight years ago. So I, I couldn't yeah, tell you. I haven't been there. It, it, it's still a... It's still it's still a drug for me. Has been for twenty two years. I, I get probably it. get into a twelve step store. Yeah. I get it. It's it's a it's a habit for. I, I'm not saying that was an easy habit for me to break. For, <laughs> in our age group, it's a habit. I get that. But eventually, I, I was able to get my to wean myself off of uh, mainlining Mitt Drudge, and then whatever he is doing now. What do you think, Todd? Well, things are definitely opening up. I mean, when when folks are showing up armed to the Capitol in Michigan. I mean, everywhere things are going to open up but i have a more meta approach to this and but and it's basically i love the take yesterday i don't understand if you have to protest why you have to show up armed i don't and i mean i don't know i i don't understand i'm kind of glad in fact now that i think about it aren't you kind of glad that some armed protesters showed up at concord and lexington back in the day i mean what would we be today if we didn't have some armed protesters show up there at bunker hill if you know what i'm saying yeah that level of self-awareness kind of why we were founded level is just Staggering. Yes. But my meta approach to this is definitely lion eyes, and it would just be a reset of what you said. And I, yesterday, the day before, it, I'm totally in Groundhog Day. I can't remember what day it is. But you, the the the, the framing of everything, the lies are just going to get worse. Agreed. And they've been at 10 already. Right. Oz is up to 11. So that's why it's lion eyes. I mean, people are going to be opening up their business and and uh, you, you, there, there's going to be stories of media, you know, death wish. And all this stuff is going to be happening nonstop. See, I kind of think, and I didn't, I didn't intend this when I chose these options, just listening to you guys and thinking about it some more. I kind of think it's all three of them. And let me explain why. From a... Reopening, um, this is actually going faster than I thought it was going to go. Which was what I said. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I mean, the the holistically, the process is going faster than I thought it would go. I think I think even some of the initial, and and I don't want this is not meant to criticize those that did these protests, okay? But in given the protest culture we've seen in this country for the you know since the sixties. Until yesterday, whatever, you know, whatever was going down in Michigan, until yesterday, it, the, the protests we've seen have been fairly tepid compared to what we're used to seeing from protest culture. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and a lot of that is because our people just don't behave like that in general. And it's different when you're the people that are like protesting to get a job to earn a living again, rather than protesting to take something from somebody else. <laughs> All right. But I think even those tepid by comparison protests to what we typically see in American protest culture, I think they headed off. I, th- I think a lot of people 
thought that was kind of a salvo. If, if I push this too far, I mean, if they're doing this right now and we go into the summer or, or I, you know, we, we, we crack down all the more, where are we going to be at then? Do I really want what's worse for me? Headlines of isolated deaths of COVID-19 or I've got I've got five Kent states happening in my state. There's on my not watch. enough law enforcement. There isn't. Right. And you, ultimately you can't enforce them anyway. So that so you could because of what you just said. So the enforcement can only be capricious. It can only be inconsistent, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, we don't, we, we don't have the magnitude to mass enforce this anyway without declaring martial law. And frankly, other than, I, I thought they had a phenomenal task force meeting when they laid out their three-phase reopening. But other than that, the president's done very little to advance the reopening narrative in the last couple of weeks. That's very true, little. Yeah. In fact, I could even argue he's, 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 he's worked against way. it. Correct. Okay. And so with all of that in mind, I actually think on a macro level, it's going faster than I thought it was going to. I think when you do peer into the individual um, provisions of what is happening, there is some lying eyes there. People have been way blown out of proportion like what George is doing, making it look like everything is just back to normal right away. It's not. I mean, there's a lot of hoops you got to still jump through and everything else, but it's been more aggressive by comparison than other states have been. That is true. Okay, so I think there's been some lying eyes there, and you alluded to that, Aaron, when you start getting into the specifics of what you can do and where you can go. But I also think peaceful, easy feeling applies because, like, look at the meatpacking plants. So the the last couple of weeks, they're huge. The latest, the the big panic porn was all these positive things at the meatpacking plants and uh, these positive tests, and and it's going to kill our food supply. We got to shut them all down. Well, you're getting a lot of positives at these meatpacking plants, but you know what you're not getting, what you're also not getting a lot of? Body bags. You're not pulling a lot of dead people out of those out of those meatpacking plants. Why? Because when you take a look, and this is work that our Daniel Horowitz has done, when, when you take a look at essentially all of the serology antibody studies that have been done around the world, uh, unless you live in new, the, whatever the unique situation of New York's population density graphic, demographic, the, the mass transit system that doesn't really exist anywhere else in the country, you get away from the, that, that tri-state area, but especially New York City, pretty much everywhere else in the world, well, in the Western world, anyway, everywhere else in the Western world, if you're under 70 and, and aren't in a nursing home, the odds you're going to die from COVID-19 are, are beyond remote, beyond remote. In Denmark, they found it was 0.087 below the flu line, actually, for people under the age of 69. So well, I kind of think all these apply. But we can't have that peaceful, easy feeling because what happened in the meatpacking plants also happened with Liberty University, and it also happened with the Great spring point. the right. spring breakers. Uh, and Where it, were all the spring break it also deaths? Hap- it also happened in Sweden, and we right. know it, w- it didn't happen in any of the schools that people kept open. They won't allow us to have that peaceful, easy feeling. And now you have to ask why? What's the agenda? We could have this. There's enough data to show us, right. but they won't tell us. Now it's now it's primarily, except for a couple of places, it's just all about control now. Steve, Steve, to your uh, quickly, to Rob. Your go ahead. I'll give you the last word. To, go ahead. Yeah, to your life on the fast lane. It's going to be seventy-one and seventy-seven on Saturday and Sunday in New York City. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the number of people that are going to be right. at Coney Island, right, um, and out and about? Um, it's going to be. De Blasio is going to have a coronary this weekend. Well, he was out and about, Rob. Be out. I know <laughs> he, he, he was, was out and about. about. That doesn't that doesn't matter. He's a special person. Yeah, of course. He can get his hair cut. He can be out and about. He can go to his gym. He can live his life normally while everybody doesn't. 
But th- this weekend in New York is going to be a very big test for these stay-at-home orders with 71 and 77 degrees for the first time since last summer. And I think that goes to what Rob or what you were saying, Todd, which is ultimately they're just unenforceable. Ultimately, and so the people then will just decide when the, they will they will doctrine of lower magistrate these orders. They will null and void them. They they will effectively say, peace out. Basically, right? Yeah. Learn from all the people who went in the, the state house with all the guns. You don't have to bring a gun, but if there's enough of you opening up your businesses, yep. in, they can't arrest they everybody. Can, no. They can arrest this one tattoo shop or this one salon owner, but they can't arrest five or eight or ten of you. Right. Exit question. Fill in the blank. At the end of May, we will be blank. Aaron. Uh, we will be waiting for ba- baseball still. Rob. We will be two more weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> Todd, still obsessed with the vaccine. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, at the e- fill in the blank, at the end of May, we will be watching states now compete against each other from a reopening perspective. Because just as fear, um, incre- once it's incrementally allowed in, eventually is a contagion that has to, has, has to have its way, freedom works the same way. I pray you're right. And now that the door has been cracked, it won't be as many people as we would like, but it doesn't matter. It'll be our people. We'll come back. Did we just experience the worst month of collective lying in American history? We will discuss and debate next. All right, back here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and our guest this week for the Dace Group Roundtable, our good friend Rob Eno. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was with issue three, the month of lies. Lie number one, 15 days to flatten the curve, mission creeps into 30 days to slow the spread. Lie number two, the serology tests are all wrong in the same direction. Lie number three, you can't trust the Bakersfield doctors because they extrapolated the wrong data set, except for all the other data sets they shared about the secondary effects of the shutdowns. Lie number four, the nurse dramatically crying because she quit her job over a lack of personal protective equipment wasn't really actually a nurse. Line number five, the IHME model is trustworthy. Line number six, the second wave of the Spanish flu was worse, so this means the second wave of the coronavirus is going to be worse. Line number seven, Wisconsin will be a pile of smoldering ash for holding their elections. Line number eight, Georgia will be a pile of smoldering ash for opening up. Line number nine, we can't afford to achieve herd immunity before a vaccine, even though Stockholm, Sweden says they're on track to do that within months. Line number 10, a man died after taking fish tank cleaner because President Trump said hydroxychloroquine was promising. His wife is now being investigated for murder. Line number 11, we're only counting deaths with positive COVID-19 diagnoses. We can do this all day. (laughs) Indeed, we can. I, I think this was the most, this month, we as a people have been lied to more this month than at any point in time in the history of this country. It's been the fire hose, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So the first question, what was the worst worst of those lies told during the month of lies, and why did you choose that one? Todd, you're first this time. Well, we've talked about this on the show and it, how pernicious it's... I, I don't think if we really 
weigh and measure it after we're done talking here that there's going to be even a close second to this because this this lie is it, it's it started off on the road to hell paved with good intentions kind of lie now it's a lie and i always why do i always forget the the name of the bad evil thing in the uh the superhero the superman movie the who keeps getting more powerful the doomsday doomsday thank you it keeps going doomsday it's it's we did it guys we flattened the curve they you get on social media and you talk to people and these people they keep blurting that thing out yeah well it's because and so no matter how far we get no matter how many well you're only saying that uh that it wasn't as bad as it was because we worked hard to flatten the curve it they won't let it go. It gets more powerful the further away we get from that those good intentions. We have evidence that disproves it over and over and over again. People are forgetting there's a place called Sweden. It's not even going to be on maps anymore. Israel, pretty Israel soon. scientists yeah. are saying the lockdowns may have may have stopped an initial contagion, but will do nothing in the long run to slow. But, this down yeah. especially vis-a-vis the the overall societal cost and we don't truly i mean we get this basically within what we're doing here we just wait until normal society goes on and you get back in your social circles yep. and the sorting hat starts and you're going to start talking with people you're going to be amazed the number of people who just we did it we flattened the curve what other choice did we have we had to do it it's going to be drunk well you saw that with the president's ridiculous tweet about sweden yesterday and the thing too when we talk about the societal cost I, I use that word instead of economic because it's it's larger than the economic cost. It's all the biopsies that aren't getting done right now that in four to six months, you'll wish that you had gotten one done because it was treatable before and now it's not, know what I'm saying? Or it, or it was mildly treatable before and now you're looking at a full-blown, you know, six to 12-month battle in, involving chemotherapy or something that intensive. It, it, and you can just do this right on down the line. Heart disease, just just pick everything. All of the things from just a, a medical system variety. That's what Ron DeSantis was talking about in the in the clip that Aaron showed in issue two. I mean, you, you just take that aspect of it and understand what's going to happen when now all these things begin to hit all at once on top of the fact they're still ongoing things that are part of the human condition at the same time. I'm not even I'm not even at the point yet of referencing we'd crossed over officially 30 million unemployed today. I'm not even talking about that. I mean, <laughs> but when, when you look at the overall cost of this, okay, it's the dumbest managerial decision that's ever been made in American history and arguably in all of human history. All right. Rob, what was the worst lie we were told this month? Um, I have to pick from those. So I'm going to go with the uh, the, the hydroxychloroquine lady um, that, you know, her husband, the smart, intelligent engineer um, with years of science experience, uh, decided to go and grab fish cleaner because it said hydrochloric something on it and drank it um, in a large enough quantity, never mind that they were both, you know, vapid Hillary Clinton supporters um, that she was, and she drank a little bit of it too. Um, you could see from the beginning of this that it was a, a murder, attempted murder, suicide um, type thing, that there was no, absolutely no instance of it. But back to, you know, the second place is, um, like I said earlier, the, you know, we have two weeks to flatten the curve today or yesterday, the day before Governor Abbott stopped his tyrant, uh, tyrantness, if that's a word, uh, my county executive, they call them county judges here in Texas, um, said that, you know, we've got to stay home to flatten the curve. Well, I looked at the curve um, in Texas for 
you know, hospitalizations and cases, it's been flat since December. Um, it really <laughs> hasn't gone up. Um, we're a state of 30 million people. Um, so I guess the entire state of Texas is unemployed, if you look at the unemployment numbers, but we're a state of 30 million people, and we haven't had barely any deaths. I think it's something like, I, I did the numbers, it was like 0.005% of the state uh, has contracted it, never mind died. Um, so yeah, it's it's completely and utterly that that one is is the number two but if we were to go with one and i I hate to do three but if we were to go to one without this it's you know china and the media believing china when they said well somehow a student got back to china from new york even though we can't get him here on a flight and he infected a whole region in china this week right it's probably the most obnoxious lie that we've heard but the media believes anything china says now so because they're not trump the enemy of their enemy is their friend or something Right. I mean, the minute you get a Democratic president, it'll be okay to be skeptical of China all over again. Right. Right. Aaron. This this is maybe one of the hardest things to choose from, because when I was trying to prep this segment, I just was like, there's so many lies. That's the hardest play. Hardest part about organizing anything. Hard to stay inside the lines. It's it's hard to it's there's just you can't wrap your 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 hands around it. I will say this. The the constant. Uh, the constant playing both sides. I, I listed one example there. The Spanish flu. Aside from that being racist, which we were told earlier in the month, it was April 1st when people were saying, well, you can't, comp- you can't compare this to the flu, guys. You can't compare it to the flu. Two weeks later, uh, influenza-like illnesses, uh, the indicator from the, uh, from the White House and for the, from the Centers for D- Disease Control to, to help us uh, kind of uh, to, 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 to salve our minds just a little bit. And then, uh, and then now you see people, well, the second wave of the Spanish flu was worse than the first wave. I thought we weren't supposed to compare this to the flu. But anyway, putting that aside, it was uh, April 1st when people were saying, hey, uh, you know, we, we need to, we're probably undercounting the, po- the number of positive COVID-19 cases uh you know what about all these false negatives that we're probably getting from these uh from these swabs um may 1st well we can't uh, trust the uh, serology tests or the serology studies because of all the uh, false positives that they're producing the constant playing both sides of the issue yep along the lines of what todd said uh we got to flatten the curve we got to flatten the curve uh the, the numbers go up the, 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 the number of confirmed cases go up. We got to flatten the curve. We got to lock down even more. Numbers go down. See, we did it. Told you flattening the curve worked. It's the constant playing of both sides. Hallmark of cult-like behavior. Hallmark of cult-like behavior. Amen. And it was that uh, all, all month long. That's very well said, Aaron. Exit question. What do you think the biggest lie of May will be? Todd, put on your profit hat. What do you think it'll be? Well, I'm going to grandfather in last night in my experience on Twitter into this. It's close enough that that just following orders is a conservative, a fundamentally conservative position. Ah, yes. Yeah. Authoritarianism. Yes. Yes. Provided it's an officially sanctioned government badge, then it's okay. Right. What do you think, Rob? Uh, that, that the Walmart and Instacart and Amazon strikes were the biggest thing in the history of labor striking that are apparently going on today, but I have friends at Walmart um, that in fact there were widespread strikes because um, they're going to keep playing this card for the next month. There'll be one a week. They'll say that this is the week that there's really going to be a strike. Um, this is the week that there's really going to be a strike. This is the week that there's really going to be a strike. And the other one is that there will ever be a vaccine. That that vaccine that's supposed to come by the end of the year will happen because I've, I've talked to 
friends of mine that are virologists that study this stuff um, that say that you can't get a vaccine for a coronavirus. We've never had a vaccine for a That's, coronavirus. I agree with you. It's just not going to be That's been my position. One, yep. Which means we're going to be locked in our houses until 2024 if you know people get their way because we've become a soft – for the 29,900 years of human history before the last 100 years, these were normal, regular, everyday things that happened. Pandemics, we were, they stunk. We got through them. Now we think that we can, you know, we, we can harness we're, – we're, we have enough hubris to think that we can harness nature and that we can stop exactly right. a yep. pandemic yep. Um, and that we should just – it's amazing. That's why I love what our yeah. governor said yesterday. She literally told the media, no, the virus is not gone. We're reopening the state. Yep. Well, it's not gone. People are still getting sick. People are still dying. It's just, it's simply not, we did the best we could to, to flatten the curve as quickly as we could, but it's just not realistic to avoid tragedy and, and keep an entire state shut down with all the tragedy that goes along with that. That's just literally what she told the media yesterday. You know, an adult. Thank you. Um, Aaron, quickly, what do you think it's going to be? It's along the lines of the last thing that, ta- that uh, Rob was saying. It's scientism. The, the, the mere premise that we can control something like this means that we view ourselves or view science as God. Yep. Issue four, let's get to this quickly. Who wins more games this fall, Brady or Belichick? Quarterback Tom Brady and tight end Rob Gronkowski are back together, this time in Tampa Bay. Their Super Bowl trophies are back with Bill Belichick in New England. The New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not scheduled to play each other this season, but Vegas Sportsbook's average win totals for both teams have the Bucs at 10 wins and the Patriots at 9.5. So quickly... Rob, you get to go. This is in your backyard, man. This is at least at least from a fandom standpoint. Who wins more games this season? Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, I think it'll be Andy Dalton. Um, I think that Bill Belichick's going to get Andy Dalton and Stidham will get another year uh, under his belt to get ready to carry the franchise into the future. And, you know, let me go out on a limb. I think we're going to see a a Bucks Patriots Super Bowl and Bill Belichick is going to get the best of Tom Brady because that's how uh, that's how fairy tales and stories really end. If, there were, if we had a Bucks Patriots Super Bowl, the ratings for that, I mean, it's the number one watched event in the world every year, anyway. But on top of all of the drama involving that, insane. Tom, I'm sorry, I just said Tom. Todd, yeah, nice to meet you. I'm Stan. Yeah. How are you? Just don't call me Shirley. And thank you. I'm rooting for Belichick uh, to win this one. Aaron. Yeah, I have more confidence in Belichick's coaching than Tom Brady's arm. I think it's absolutely the Buccaneers. I don't think it's even close, actually. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, you get to go first. Uh, My prediction is uh, that by the middle of June, you will be seeing uh, at least 90% of college football teams starting or conducting their uh, summer workouts. So their summer conditioning and things of that nature. I agree with you. Yep, I agree with that. Todd, I remembered your name this time. The resurgence of (laughs) modern day journalism begins now and it starts with Newsweek magazine because of what we found out today and our friend Josh Hammer. They are doing the experiment that I begged the register to do for 12 years. They're actually, it looks like they're going to give it a go. It's amazing. I am amazed. I mean, Newsweek was the primary competitor at the time Correct. our whole lot growing up. It, it has just gone down and become a rag. Um, and um, to hire our friend Josh Hammer 
not just as an op-ed contributor or columnist. I, this is the point. But as the editor of the op-ed page. I mean, that's such a radical change, okay, that... And I have a bit of experience with USA Today trying me as a conservative columnist. And Business Insider tried it with me. And Politico tried it with me. All right. So I, I have a lot of experience being one of the lone wolf conservatives at some of these places and navigating the editorial process through all of that. But to put him in charge of the page is... I mean, news. I can tell you just right now, I don't even know the names of... of Newsweek already has the most right-wing op-ed page editor, probably... And I, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, could it be in all of American media? Yes. I mean, even, you know, even here, even well, at the Daily just, Wire, it's is not, it possible? It's not He's just certainly in the conversation. Right wing. He's got the bona fides sure. and bona fides, I'm sorry. And what he's got his bona fides on is challenging judicial supremacy at right. like every single level. That is. Which means he's going to, he's now through the op ed process, he's going to make the lefties have to back up their assertions, which. One of the ways I've got really good at argumentation is trying to defeat the editorial process at Politico, USA Today, mm-hmm. Business Insider. <laughs> it made me better at my job. Okay. Um, my prediction is Christopher Nolan's latest movie, Tenet, will indeed keep its July 7th opening date, and it will be the first nationwide release from a major Hollywood studio since coronavirus began. I think theaters will open before then, but the first major Hollywood release will be July 7th with Christopher Nolan's Tenet. You think it'll be for the ones that have been delayed, like Mulan and things? That like? was delayed till I think, the later oh, in July. Does it already have a? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I think it will keep its original release okay. date, and it will kind of kick off very late, but the summer movie season, nevertheless. So there's some optimism there. I'm in. All right. Rob, go ahead. Were you going to say, Aaron? No, go ahead. Sorry. Rob, good to see you as always, brother. All right. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Do we want Rob's prediction? Oh, we didn't get a prediction from Rob? Yeah, that's what I thought we were trying to do. I thought thought we gave you yours. He doesn't remember our names. He kicks you off without an opinion. Go ahead, Rob. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, my, my prediction is that Hillary Clinton will be the 2020 Democratic nominee. I, I think, think that's oh. very possible. I think the reason that you saw her come out this week and endorse Joe Biden is because behind the scenes, uh, the Clinton goons are taking uh, a, a two by four to Joe Biden's legs. Um, and this Tara Reid problem is not going to go away. And I agree. It's not. Continue to do it. I agree. And Hillary Clinton will be the nominee. Of yeah, the Democratic I, Party he, his, you can see in the statement he put out even before the interview. He has no evidence other than his own credibility to deny the charge. I don't know about the Hillary thing, but I think there's a far better chance of that uh, for sure. So I agree with you, at least on the premise of it. Good to see you, Rob. Take care. I remembered your, your name, too. That's great. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hour two is next year, live and on demand on Blaze TV. Stay tuned. With Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can find clips of this show that you can sample yourself and share with others. 
All right. Plus, if you are a podcast listener, thank you, first of all. But if you have yet to do so, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get that podcast from. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow all the more. Thank you to all of you. There have been literally thousands of you that have done this for us already. Please, the more, the more, the better. All right. So keep those coming if you wouldn't mind. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to Feedback Friday, part one, brought to you by Rough Greens Vita Smart. Did you know your dog's food? has been stripped of virtually everything it truly needs, just like much of our human food has been, for the same reason. Processing, mass consumption, long shelf life requires those things that are necessary to feel good, can, though if the food stays on the shelf for too long, force the food to go bad. So they strip out the healthy microbacteria and the, the nutrients, the vitamins, the probiotics. This is why we're taking so many supplements these days. Those things are often stripped out of our food too. Well, the same goes for our pet, particularly if you're using dry dog food. That's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in. It is not a new dog food. It's just here to make your dog's food that he or, he or she already loves even better. All right, and apparently it does taste great. Because our dog, Cap, absolutely loves it, and it puts back into his food all of the things he needs that were taken out. If you want to try it, they've got this thing now going on called the 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge with Rough Greens VitaSmart, where you can try this for your dog for two weeks for just $14.95. For two weeks for just $14.95, when you go to roughgreens.com, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze, roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let's get to Feedback Friday. We'll start with this note. Just before the COVID-19 shutdown first started happening in the middle of March, a friend of mine said the economy was going to tank and we were in line with Italy to be overrun in the healthcare system. I kind of laughed and didn't really want to believe her. The US of A shut down, never. Then that very night, I read an email saying my my youngest son's school was closed. And over the next couple of weeks, life changed dramatically. I was stressed and scared. Everything changed at work. I'm a nurse. My body started to betray me because of the stress. My stomach hurt all the time. My adult kids weren't coming over anymore. And I missed them. One of my sons is serving in the Air Force in Germany. And I was worried about him. I'm an ex-smoker. It's an addiction I've struggled on and off with since I was a teenager. Um, But I had my outlets. I'd walk my dog, go to the gym every day. But now I'm off work with only working three 12-hour shifts a week. And with all the stress, and now my gym is shutting down, I started smoking sometimes again, dumb I know. Other than that, I'm pretty healthy. I eat well, take my vitamins, use mostly chemical-free cleaners, etc. I'm not usually an anxious person. I'm fairly grounded. I feel like I am often the one relieving someone else's fears because I'm just usually not that fearful about health stuff. I'm a nurse. But this was getting ridiculous. My husband noticed the change in me, and he said, Janelle, you guys need to, you start, need to start listening to the Steve Day Show. That's literally the advice that he gave me and what great advice it was. I used to listen to your show back in the day when you were just local and talked to sports. I love football and basketball. I'm a huge Iowa State fan, but I hate politics. So when you went more that way, I just didn't tune in as much. So once, so I started to once again listen to your show. For the past month, I've listened to the podcast every day. I recently subscribed to Blaze TV so that I could hear and watch the overtime show because I just can't get enough. I'm a nurse at one of the hospitals in Des Moines. We just had our first COVID plus patient the other night in labor and delivery, and I was not afraid. I was able to give this patient and her baby my best care for two reasons. First, my life belongs to Jesus. And second, because I was privy to actual data and true information solely because of your show. 
I swear you legit can't even Google a lot of true news anymore on this. I can't stress enough how listening to your show has helped me through this time. The shaming and the tyranny and the hate makes me so angry and sad. Sometimes I feel surrounded by people who are panicked and rude and misinformed, but your show reminds me I'm not alone. You've given me the confidence to voice the truth. Some people are receptive. Others don't want to hear it, but I say it anyway. Also, I can't tell you how many times I've just busted out laughing while listening to you guys, and there's a few times there's been tears too. I feel like you guys are like friends, comrades. I've grown in my personal relationship with God through this time, and your show has been a part of that too. My favorite part of the show is Aaron's montage. It's absolutely brilliant. And of course, I love Theology Thursdays. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your show has been a blessing. You have a lifetime listener for me, even when it's politics. And that is from Janelle. Thank you for the note, Janelle. And you need to know you're not alone. We have been emailed so often in the last month and a half from people who, who said, I feel like I'm alone. Well, if all of you are emailing us that you feel like you're alone, then you're not alone. <laughs> all right. You may be surrounded by people who are misinformed. And it, it may be not their fault given this, the current state of American media, obviously. Or it could be wanton. It could be they've, they're just willfully uninformed. And they demand uh, the panic. It, it's, it was fascinating taking our bi-weekly shopping trip yesterday to Costco and Walmart. And the older you were, and therefore the more vulnerable to the virus you are, by far, by the way. Essentially, all the antibody tests around the world, here's what they tell us. The virus has been here far longer than we were panicked about. It's infected far more people than we're even aware of. And that virtually, if you're under the age of 70 and not in a nursing home, your odds of dying from it are beyond remote. And in Denmark, their, their death line for people under the age of 70 was actually below the flu line, 0.087 in Denmark. You had to actually get to in the 50s in Denmark before you hit the same death line or case fatality rate for flu that you did for COVID-19. Now, once you get beyond that, the case fatality rate for flu and COVID-19 greatly expands, which is why we need to continue closely monitoring our, our elderly. But what I saw at Costco and, and, and Walmart yesterday was the, the older people that were shopping were far less inclined to be wearing masks than the people my age and younger. And I... I I think there's a lot of, we were talking about this before the show, Todd, there's a lot of spirit of the age mm -hmm. there, you know, but um, Janelle, you and everybody like you, you're not alone. We've seen the greatest growth of this show in the last two months in its history. Now, I wish it would have been under far different circumstances. Like I would have come up with some like insightful take on uh, the, the current politics that went viral or, you know, um, we dropped some truth bomb on theology Thursday and, it, and, People were like, wow, I got to get more of that. I, I, I would prefer it would over, be over things such as those, but it's been over doing actual research and the like on this virus. There's an antibody test out today. I think it's from um, uh, Aspen, Colorado. Have you guys seen this one? No. Yeah, there's a new one out today from Aspen, Colorado. They started testing for antibodies on April 6th. Okay. And the app now you can you can get antibodies showing up in your body as early as one to three weeks after an infection or being exposed to one 
Okay. But typically that process is, is, is around four weeks and antibodies can last in your body for six months. Um, well, specific antibodies it, it, that we're looking for, for this specific, this specific signature is what we're looking for. Okay. And so with they beginning on April 6th and they just, they just kept doing this a running tally and they did this throughout the month of April for several weeks. And at no point was their line ever below 7% of the community based on their random rolling. Like a, they did it like a poll. Like when we get down to the two candidates and Gallup, the old Gallup daily tracking poll from when we were kids, they did it like that, a rolling average. And there was never a time starting on April 6th, they were below 7%. It was always between 7 and 10%, 9.9 if you want to be exact. Okay, I don't... I don't, want to, I don't want to have people do to me what they did to poor Dr. Erickson, yeah. okay? I'm sorry. I rounded up the number from 9.9 to, it was to 10, okay? But their, their rolling average throughout April was between 7 and 9.9% were exposed to antibodies the entire time that they did this sample. So if you're starting, on, if you're starting to survey for, for antibodies on April 6th, and you're already hitting a 7% sample in that community, the odds that this thing just showed up blindly happenstance in the you know in early to mid-march when the panic over it began and it already permeated that level of the population given the timetable uh of of the incubation of the virus and everything else Mm -hmm. not high because here's the other thing you have to keep in mind well steve aspen's a a you're a big ski family right okay we do aspen's a big uh, you know ski community right what do you think they started shutting down in the month of March? All of that. They started shutting all of that down. Which means that a lot of that... Now, Colorado... Here's what's funny, by the way. Colorado is one of the big reopening states. Mm-hmm. What, what Colorado is doing a lot of the same things Georgia is doing. You're just not hearing about it because Colorado has a Democratic governor that tried running for president and failed. And Florida has, is, 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 has a Republican governor who may have an opportunity to successfully run for, um, or Georgia as well, successfully run for president in the future. So <laughs> okay. weird how that math works. Yeah, that's why I told you guys, it, 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 when the quickest way, other than a vaccine, the quickest way to getting 100% of your country back is to have a Democrat get elected in November. And I wasn't joking when I say that. Democrat wins the right, it, 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 Rush used to make the joke all the time when we were kids. Ever notice how we only care about the homeless problem when the Republicans are in office? Put a Democrat in there, it's like homeless, homeless, schmoless. We don't know what a homeless person is, right? Uh, do you guys remember studies of the homeless, the plight of the homeless, the eight years that Barack Obama was in office? Who? Exactly. So it, it works that way here. If, if you know, get a Democrat elected in, no, in November, and you're going you're gonna to suddenly see levels and layers of reporting on antibody studies and everything else that you had to go to shows like this and places like The Blaze for. They're going to be on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post. That's how this works. So the governor of Colorado likely has, got, has, has largely gotten away scot-free because he's a Democrat. And Governors Kemp and especially DeSantis are getting destroyed because they're Republicans. That's the way that this works. But Aspen started shutting these things down before April the 6th. Which means you're looking at community spread too. You can't just say, well, we had somebody from China come in in the middle of March and just nail all these people with the virus. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're not 70, 
or in a nursing home. Your chances of dying from this are very remote. Now, if you are either one of those things, sadly and unfortunately, they're much higher. Much higher. But you're not alone, Janelle. And your notes like yours, they give us as much um, encouragement, maybe more, than, than we were blessed to be able to encourage you. Can I say one thing about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I was just going to say, if you guys want to respond well, the, to Jenna at all, go ahead. The, one of the last parts where she said, it, you know, it seems like you guys are becoming friends. That's because you are our friends. One of my, big, one of my biggest concerns, and it was about the 8th or the 9th of March. It was a, a Sunday. And that's why I noticed, it, not just the left, I mean, the, the blue checks on the right going full panic porn. And that's when I knew we were in trouble and dealing with a spirit of the age. But that's something that was fairly predictable based on the, the, a lot of the conservative blue checks. They, they've been writing their white papers for a long time and talking about theoretical conservatism. But in terms of like what it's really for, it's about people and how we live. And you can just, you could tell before we knew anything about a coronavirus that they just, they didn't really care about you. They just liked their country club. And that's a problem. And it's why conservatism has failed so many times, even when it's been elected into office. It's just simply not applied. And we need to get that feeling whether it's with us or somebody else we we legitimately care way more about you than we care about whatever some whether i whatever if i'm popular enough to finally get my blue check sooner or later that's still going to be the case i care way more about you than being a part of whatever secret society is going on there um they they have been weighed measured and found wanting yeah between this entire saga and the last th- so the last seven weeks and the last three years of uh, uh, of political discourse, it has been a ginormous, uncomfortable at times, but a ginormous revealer of character, mm-hmm. of the cult like behavior of both sides of the aisle as well. But with this one in particular, even the ones who are able to somewhat rise above or not get as mired or or their hands as dirty as some in, in the cult-like behavior of Never Trump or, or, or Cheeto Jesus Saves, even this one, you discovered a lot of people who are really not, really don't want to be your friends, I don't think, who are more than willing to kowtow to the spirit of the age or whatever is being proffered as the spirit of the age. If you want to give them a couple of weeks of benefit of the doubt, but the lack of self-awareness, the lack of humility as well, that we have seen from many people who purport to be conservative, who purport to wear our jerseys, it has been disconcerting. But as has been repeated many, many times, I'd rather know who my enemies or opponents are and I'd rather I'd rather know them and have them in front of me rather than continually be stabbed in the back by people purporting to be our friends. So from that vantage point, we should be very, very thankful. And along the lines of what Todd said as well, you're, you're not alone and you are you are you are friend. <laughs> you are our friend. Yeah. So thank you for that. Janelle. Absolutely. And thank you for taking the time, Janelle, to share all of that as well. One other part about that that I do find 
disappointing and disturbing, but I'm not surprised, is that she's a nurse at a hospital and is getting more objective data from what we're doing here mm-hmm. than the system she works in and serves. She's not alone in that. That's a problem. Okay? That's a problem. Especially because we're not originating any of this information, folks. We didn't conduct a single antibody sample. We didn't do any serology surveys. We, we didn't, any of the data we have shown you has all come from sources that are readily available. Just, uh, you, have, you need a willingness to go out there and compile it and share it. And if you're not getting this within the system, this isn't proprietary stuff we're doing here. It's just research that is available to everybody, especially in the circles that Janelle runs in. That's a problem. Kathy Harms writes, the question I guess I have is when this ends, will the church reflect on its reaction? I don't mean the church as an institution, but the church among us, the people. Will we ever admit that we panicked? Will we ask if we hid uh, our talents, like in the parable of the talent? Would hiding our talent be acceptable if we were being wise, not taking unnecessary risks? That's a direct quote from the parable, by the way. That didn't fly with the guy who buried his in the parable. Jesus reconciled us to God, to the very source of life. Did we hide our talent, hide our light, and cower in the darkness, and acquiesce to leaders who knew not Joseph? Hope is not fear. Hope is the gospel. Hope is what the gospel has a commodity that has as a commodity that exists nowhere else. Um, yes and no. I I think that. I think that there will be some of it. Here's what I, you know what? Here's my answer to your question, Kathy. I think the self-assessment that will be done by the church will be largely the same than will be done by the culture at large. And that's a problem. That's exactly that, right. That it, will care, that, it will, that it will compare itself to cultural custom as opposed to transcendence. And by the way, if you're, if you're shooting for transcendence, it's the old line from C.S. Lewis, aim for heaven, you get earth thrown in. Aim for earth, you get neither, right? I mean, you can aim for heaven and still come to the same conclusions about things at times that the people who aim for earth come to. That does, that does, that, it, it, it's broader than the decision of, did we defy the state and open our church or not? It's, it's, it's broader because... Trust me, even men in pulpits have vanity. I'm sure there's at least one of these pastors that has defied the state more out of his own vanity. Yeah, we've pushed back, you know what I'm saying? Then a a great, not everybody defying the state is doing it for the right motivations either, okay? All right, so this cuts both ways. But the fact that we likely won't hold ourselves to a higher standard or a different standard than cultural custom. And here's what I mean by that. Well, you know, um, we contributed to the flattening of the curve by not holding services. Meaning just, just accepting the pablum fed by this world system and then throwing a Bible verse or two, latching onto it, and then just regurgitating that in your pamphlets and in your, um, in, in, in your emails. Rather than did you truly... Remember, with, with, with the Christian faith, motivation 
is the ultimate judge. There it is. Okay. It's not the, the intent is what you meant to do. Results are what you actually did. But motivation is whom you did it for. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Well, Lord, we did all these great things. We healed the sick and fed the poor. You didn't do this in my name. So get out, you know, depart, depart doers of iniquity. Get out. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know you. What's the motivation? It's not a bad motivation to say, well, we don't want the church, the, the community to come down on us if we open our church and, and, and the county or the state is still closed. That's not a terrible motivation. It may also be the wrong one in this case. I mean, at some point, I would hope anyway, if you call yourselves a church, you're preaching something that the community doesn't want to hear and the state might come down on you for saying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because if you're not, if, if that's a blanket standard, well, that's, that's a problem, okay? And so I think that's the issue here is the level of what kind of introspection took place. Beyond, if we're just going to look at the individual church decision or ministerial decision, it's too late to have the argument. What was the process derived from to get there? Did they do any other homework at all? Did they just assume that their governor and department of health was, was totally has their best interest at heart and totally believes in the first amendment and all those sorts of things? Or do they just literally just take a ditto and just wrote, follow it. And then if they defied it, did they do their homework in defying it? Did they put precautions in place or, or was this just a, you know, a wanton spirit of rebellion? That gave you some van, some 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 you know because uh, when the male ego is involved, oh, folks, never underestimate the male ego's need uh, to 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 be confirmed. You know what I'm saying? You can do all kinds of things that look great on the surface, but they're really about satisfying that fragile male ego than anything else. <laughs> can I get a second on that? That happens. Yep. It happens. Yeah. So it's about what was the process that led you to the decision that you made? How did you get there? What, did, what, what, what information did you use? What template did you follow? What sources of knowledge did you seek out? What authority were you operating under? That's, those are the questions. Not just emotion one way or the other. And my fear is, it won't be the decisions each individual church made we will disagree with, but we may find that the way they reached those decisions was just as haphazard, just as half rear-ended and emotional as the culture surrounding them. Lisa Husers writes, regardless of whether we have a glorified flu or an airborne illness killing thousands, we must vehemently endeavor to prevent any circumvention of the Constitution. Our Constitution, as it was originally and beautifully designed, allows for the best resolution to these issues, be they social, health, education, political, economic, national defense, etc. There is no justification for any infringement or suspension of the Constitution, regardless of where this glorified flu virus may have originated or who is using it to gen up fear and hysteria. The Constitution Constitution must stand. Every single infringement of individual rights and genesing of the Constitution is putting every single U.S. citizen and our nation at risk. The liberties and freedoms protected by our Constitution are the are ultimately what matters. If we abandon them and allow them to be infringed upon in a time of crisis, then we have removed them for the very times for which they are the most important and the very basis for how the Constitution was drafted. 
Here, here. Well, yeah, but I, but the horse is just so far left the barn and that the reason that they've been so easily laid down in a time of crisis is because of how easily they've been laid down when we weren't in a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think I mean, we had good ideas. We put a good ideas clause in, a, in the constitution a, a long, many, many decades before any of us knew what a novel coronavirus was, right? There's for, for some reason, what's popping into my head right now, there's a very interesting juxtaposition a very interesting juxtaposition about how uh, forces in this country utilized their First Amendment rights in bad faith to try to tank the nomination of a judge who just this week refused to take a stand on the Second Amendment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they lit themselves on fire and blew their own credibility over a judge that was frankly going to disappoint us. Yep. Always was. If you looked at his record, Brett Kavanaugh was always going to disappoint us more than them. Always. Yeah. And yet they lit their credibility on fire anyway. That's what idolatry does to you, right? Yep. That's the same thing here too. A denial of the data, a denial of, I don't even, I, 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 if you show it to me, yeah, yeah, I don't want to see it. If you force me to look at it, it's just because you hate old people. It's, that is, that's idolatry. That's, cult-like thinking is and what it is. remember that. These are the people that's, that still to this day will bludgeon you that, you know, we believe in imaginary spaghetti monsters in the sky and they're the people of reason and science. Well, should there ever, has there ever been a time for reason and science to ultimately prevail? You know, crisis. We, let's just follow the truth wherever it leads. Have we? No, because this is that was never something that they honored. They were never. It goes to what Aaron said about scientism. That's what it really was. They're pagans. There's no outside of maybe. Like, let me give you an example. There's an AP story right now. Georgia sees spike of 1,000 positive cases in 24 hours. You know why they're seeing that spike in cases? Could it be? Could. Because they're literally testing everybody in oh, Georgia right okay. now. Yeah. Which is what they told you was really important. Right. So this is what's key. So for the panic, the panic porn peddler said, says, you can't have your country back until we can mass test everybody. Right. The high priest of panic porn is Anthony Fauci. He's the, he is the papal figure of this. Right. And, 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 and what is his dogma? What's been his dogma when you can have your country back? What's his dogma? When you got mass testing. We can mass test everybody. That's when we can open America again, right? That's his, that's his creed. That's his papal doctrine. Georgia's doing that right now. And you remember what you said during the day's group? They just this twist. This is what I was they, saying. They take both sides of, uh, they talk out of yep. both sides of their mouth. They mm -hmm. take both sides of an issue. So you can't reopen until you can do mass testing. Georgia can do mass testing. So they're reopening. They do mass testing and find a thousand more cases. And by the way, a state that is more densely populated than Texas. Did you know that? Did you know Georgia is more densely populated than Texas is? Not total population, population density. You know why population density matters? Because that is where there's the most concentration of hospitalization and death with coronavirus all over the world. Population density has been one of the leading factors. Here in the United States, what's the number one hot zone for coronavirus? New York City. What is the most densely populated city in the United States of America? New York City. Okay? So Georgia has higher population density than Texas. Has higher population density than Michigan, Washington. 
couple of the worst hit states. So, so Georgia's doing the mass testing. The governor announced they're doing the contact tracing and all that stuff yesterday in his announcement. By the way, did you see he, they're going to they're gonna keep the old people home for 42 days? Did you see that? That's, that's random. 42 days. June 12th, 42 days. That's three incubation viral, virus cycles is reintegration. What show was it suggested doing that? Do I work there? You work there. Hmm. Suggested that earlier this week, actually. But he's doing that. That's why he's got more cases. So they're nailing him for doing what he, they said he needed to do to reopen his state. Heads I win, tails you lose. Mm-hmm. You can't trust any of this, man. Flavor Flav is, is, is freaking Ezekiel right now. <laughs> can't trust it. All right, more in a moment. So Robino was mentioning during the day's group, gonna have the first two seventy or the first two days on the weekend, two weekend days, post seventy degrees in New York City since last year, right? This coming weekend. Going to be a lot of warmth around the country. A lot of you looking at spring cleaning, particularly cleaning those carpets. If you're thinking, though, you may have to replace them because they're just too far gone, especially those pet stain and odors. Make sure you first try Genesis 950 because before you bite the bullet on the hefty cost of replacing those carpets, Genesis 950 is made in America and it absolutely shines. It's a pet stain odor remover, even though you can use it to clean your whole home with. But where it really comes through is breaking down the bonds of stains and odors in your carpet so that they're gone for good. And it's antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from the carpet and also the padding because that's that's where the, the, the really bad stuff is, down in the padding underneath the carpet itself. And you can use it in your own carpet cleaning machines, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets too. If you want to give Genesis 950 a try, go to the website. Genesis950.com is the website. Genesis950.com. If you use the promo code Steve, uh, you will get, I'm sorry, use the promo code Blaze, you will get a discount. Promo code Blaze if you go to Genesis950.com. And again, remember, you can use this on the the kitchen counters, even the really nice stuff, uh, the grease stains on the garage floor. Whatever you're thinking about spring cleaning here this uh, week or in the coming weeks, Genesis950.com, promo code Blaze. Let's get to part two of Feedback Friday. This is from Kelly Hyatt in Georgetown, Texas. I believe today I figured out what is bothering me about the situation we are in. It's not the disease caused by the virus. It's the disease of idolatry, the idolatry of the cause, which we were just referencing a few minutes ago. I realize that the way folks are reacting to the virus is the same way they react to any cause they grab and grab onto and fill themselves with. They put colored ribbons on lapels, change their Facebook profile to the appropriate colored icon, participate in the shaming of all those that don't seem to promote the same latest cause celeb. We are told we're in this together yet we can't be together. We are told we're doing this for the greater good, and yet we can't meet in our houses of worship where we are fed the good news. We are told that this uh, that, we must sac- that we must sacrifice our 401ks for the health of our grandparents, and yet my 80-year-old mother won't have her 401k when this is over. I believe many of our neighbors are so invested in the cause that the thought it might end scares them as much as becoming infected. What will they do? What good deed will fill them? Tonight I told my husband that this realization has freed me. I will not get sucked into the latest cause. I will instead put my anger, frustration, and fear for our future at the foot of the cross. I will take care of others as I'm able 
No matter the circumstances, though, I'm going to fully live each day for my creator. I will act like everything depends on me, and I will pray knowing that everything depends on him. Kelly, what you just articulated here is the difference from every other era of American history and the one we live in right now. There were grave injustices in other eras of American history. Racism. Sexism. At an institutional level, like a woman couldn't own a home. Couldn't get a loan. All of her possessions essentially were her husband's. We made kids work in factories. The Old West, total and complete Book of Judges, lawlessness. Everyone does what is wise in their own eyes. Trail of tears. I mean, I could go on. There's not, there, there's not been an era of Americana that has not been stained by some grave corporate sin as a people. And you know why? Because there's not been an era in all of human history, anywhere, in any, in any country, in any culture, or in any custom, it's not similarly afflicted. Because we're the affliction from a moral standpoint. We're the, we're the sin carriers. We are, as people. That's why we need a savior. But the difference in those generations is they were very aware of that. They were very aware of their own sinfulness. They lived with it all of the time. They saw the evidence for it all of the time. They saw injustice in things all of the time. They understood that tragedies occur in a fallen world and whole communities just get wiped out. All your crops gone. And you have no idea what you're going to eat or how you're going to live now. House gone. Just gone. Pestilence, things happen. Gone. But, but, but they understood that that was part of the calculus of their mortality. And that's how, that's how despite the systemic corporate sins I mentioned in history. And despite their own, that each of them had. They responded 180 degrees different than we have in this time. It propelled them to consider they had a limited, they had a more limited time to make a mark on this earth than they thought. Keep in mind, Teenagers, the, 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 the notion of a teenager didn't exist in all of human history until basically post-World War I West. Post-industrialized industrialization in the Western world. The, the creation of a true middle class because of manufacturing. That you could work for someone else and make a good enough living to own a home, and your kids could actually prolong an adolescence, and you didn't have to have your son at 16, 17 immediately get married in order to pay his way because you couldn't afford him much longer. And you didn't have to worry about your daughter's dowry because you couldn't afford her. And yet those generations, despite polio, Spanish flu, how many smallpox, was still one of the leading killers in the world heading into the 20th century. Despite all of those things, wars, not the kind that we watch on TV now, that take place in Middle Eastern countries and cities we can't pronounce. 
like like real house to house, human to human combat on a on a mass scale. Men on horses fighting each other out in the middle of a field, high casualty rates. They understood this was all part of this thing called the human experience. But but they also knew that that meant the other things that were part of a, the human experience. Love, marriage, family, making babies, raising kids, maximizing my potential, having a hot dog at the ball game, whatever. It made those things even more important to them. They also didn't have an 80-year lifespan where 50 was the new 40. They were lucky to live into their 60s. And those generations, despite all those frailties and mistakes, settled the West, finished Manifest Destiny, won the Industrial Revolution, created the assembly line, beat a Kaiser, beat a Sun Emperor, beat a Fuhrer, beat a Depression, kept the Union from dissolving, smallpox, polio, Spanish flu, regular flu, on top of everything else. They recognized you, you get busy living or you get busy dying. Like perpetual subsidized comfort, prolonged adolescence. If I can take all my college classes from home, why am I even going to a campus then? Answer, so that I can get involved in the party culture, by and large. That's really what I'm paying for is a subsidized party culture if I can just do this from home. The era that we live in, the way we have responded to the reality of our mortality is just... Like I said a minute ago, it's 180 degrees difference. The idea that we can tame this, we can control it, we can defeat it outright. That we can just, you know, we, we print money because we can live outside the natural laws of economics. We, we do gender reassignment mutilations because I can live outside the natural laws of science. We just uh, shred every morsel and syllable of our constitution because I can live outside the laws of nature and nature's God. Right? On and on. Same thing here. We just live outside the natural laws of virology and immunology. Natural laws of biology don't apply. We can take all the healthy people, send them home, like forever, and just hunker down until the glorious vaccine appears to deliver us all. And just keep printing money. That's the difference. That, that's the difference in the eras in which we live. What you embody in your email is the spirit of the people and the generations that came before us. Needing every bit as much of a creator and a savior as we do. But they knew that. Which is why they, which is why they despite all of those issues, still went on to do so many great things. Right now, our great thing is, would you, would you binge on Netflix last night? That's, that, that's our great thing. And I think that's what's taken a guy like Elon Musk, who probably thinks people like me are nuts. 
And he is losing his damn mind right now. He's like tweeting out the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, I mean, he's like, at this point, he is ready to storm the Bastille. By this time next week, Elon Musk is going to be in Michigan at the State House with an AR-15 at the rate that we're at right now. Or he's going to be Batman. <laughs> right? Okay. Fuck. It'll be the coolest AR-15, and it will pull up in the coolest vehicle there. Okay? But that also was that was the spirit of that age of that era people that didn't go to church didn't weren't churched at all that but they were part of that era's cultural zeitgeist and it influenced even them what's happening now is we're in a post-christian america so the so the so the cultural zeitgeist is influencing us the other way we reason and rationale like the pagans do even when we even the way we look at scriptures we we often read well what's that mean to you who the flip cares? Did you write it? What do you mean what it means to you? You the author? Ask me what the words of a nefarious plot and truth bombs mean to me. Because I'm the authority. I wrote those damn books. I'm the one to know what it means. Don't ask me what the eternal transcendent word of God means to me. Who the hell cares? Answer should be no one. No one should care what it means to me. How about... What does it mean? Stop. What does that mean? You can ask me what it means for me, but you want to ask me what it means to me? Why, why would I presume to even answer that question? Let alone much of America's small group activity is generated around answering that. What does that mean to you? See, Kelly, what you're embodying, you're, you're, you're a woman out of time, sister. You're a throwback from an era that is gone. Now, there's a remnant of it still here, and you're seeing it at our state houses and, and these states that are now opening up, which is why I don't, I don't care if a majority of Americans, if 55% of Americans want to stay home forever. That just means Disney World will be less crowded when I take my family there this year. That's all. I'm okay with it. So, okay. You stay. I'm fine with it. That means I don't have to buy that, that fast pass and pay that pay out a ticket for that if it's going to be 50% capacity. I don't have to do that this year. It'll be a lot cheaper this time. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to go. You don't need to, I'll maybe take my kid to more football games now because you know what the price of the tickets will do if less people want to go. You know what they'll, sure. what they'll do? They'll go down. So I'm totally okay with that. There's more than... A, we're happy. We are happy inhabiting all of the freedom that those of you with the, those of you with the idolatry of your cause are too afraid to claim I'm, I'm i'm happy to take your portion too and i'm not alone if somebody tried to taunt me this week social media like oh you so ready to go go you go first I'm like, yes uh, yeah if the, if the local if the th movie theater was open in town we'd be there this weekend at least twice at least twice i don't even know what would be open we just find something to go the experience of it the trailers the popcorn the smell we'd be there absolutely no hesitation. No, I wouldn't be sitting on somebody I don't know's lap. I wouldn't be a moron, you know? Somebody sat next to me, I'd be like, hey, the, you know, there's empty seats, you know? Scooch down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, we're not stupid. I'm not going to go in there and lick all the door handles, but I'm, I'm not going to be stupid the other way either. Jerry Stein writes, I'm a retired physician. 
Have you ever asked yourself why physicians from prestigious academic medical institutions other than Stanford have not weighed in publicly to counter Dr. Fauci's early and persistent reliance on the fatally flawed Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation mortality model? His epidemiological illogic behind quarantining the healthy population, as well as his deleterious effects of the prohibition on elective medical procedures. The reason is that academic institutions, such as my alma mater, the University of Maryland School of Medicine, and its Institute of Human Virology, depend heavily on massive funding from the NIAD, which is a division of the NIAH and, or the NIH and the CDC. Dr. Fauci is the head of the NIAD. He was personally involved in the selection of Dr. Redfield as the head of the CDC. The bottom line is that literally billions of dollars in grants flow through Dr. Fauci. So very few academic researchers would dare to incur his wrath. I'm not a doctor. I don't work in these institutions. I don't know if that's true, but I have been around the block long enough to know. And, and this ain't my first rodeo that that is often how things around here work. I mean, I mean, I, I know all kinds of great pro-life speakers who won't confront what national right to life does to undermine us because they, they, they'll get canceled from the pro-life speaking circuit and don't want to do that. They don't get to speak the March for Life this year. Straight up. I can't tell you many people I know won't take positions on certain things because they won't be able to get on Fox. I know it for a fact. I've heard it from, the, from them directly. People you would know. So this would not, I don't know specifically if it's true, but situationally, we've seen how this plays out how many times? I mean, it's high school. I want to sit with the cool kids at their table. There's just certain things you don't say, don't do, right? Would it shock you if this was true? Oh, no. Which is why you should, if you don't think there's a coronavirus overcount, because that's the easiest way to get billed, and it's going to be billed at a higher rate, I don't know what to tell you about. I mean, you, you just have not been, been paying attention to how healthcare works. You, I mean, really, there are very easily connected connectable dots that all have to do with follow the money it's that's not a coronavirus thing just open your eyes we're going to stick around that'll do it for a friday we're going to stick around and do some overtime for our blaze tv subscribers blaze tv.com slash dace promo code steve cheapest subscription we've ever offered blaze tv.com slash dace promo code steve it'll be our best and worst of the week for the rest of you have a great weekend hopefully we'll be back here again on monday until then john 317 This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.